welcome to Device Week, a podcast from MedTech Insight. I'm Managing Editor Elizabeth Orr, and I'm joined this week by Senior Reporter Fredos Farouk, who many of you know as Danny. Danny, you reported on Medtronic's recent decision to pull their hardware device off the market after a number of serious injuries and deaths associated with the device. Tell us what happened there and what it means for the company. Thanks, Elizabeth. As you know, Medtronic's hardware ventricular assist device is used to treat patients with end-stage heart failure where the heart is unable to pump enough blood through the body. It's really used for patients who are ineligible for heart transplants or for patients who are waiting on a heart transplant but need a little help to hold them over. Over the past few months, as you might recall, we've been doing a lot of reporting on a surprising number of recalls issued by Medtronic, including recalls for the hardware device that our executive editor, Sean Schmidt, has really been following closely. I recommend people check out his reporting on those recalls and issues Medtronic has had recently. Hardware's first recall was reported in March when Medtronic said a number of people had died due to faulty pump implant kits. A second recall was reported in April where the device's connector plugs were found to have problems, which again was linked to a number of deaths. According to the FDA so far, the faulty internal pump issue has been associated with 100 complaints and has led to 14 deaths and removal of 13 pumps. Now, on top of all that, on June 2nd, Medtronic and the FDA sent out letters to healthcare providers to stop implanting the pump. They're recommending patients who need the heart device should be looking at possibly getting Abbott's HeartMate 3 instead. It's not every day you hear a med tech company recommend patients use their rival's product instead of their own. Interesting. So after the two recalls, what prompted Medtronic to now pull the product from the market altogether? It seems like after the recalls, Medtronic started digging through their data. In their investigation, they compared the hardware to Abbott's HeartMate and realized that there's significantly higher risk for death and injury from their product compared to that of their closest rival. From a safety and marketing perspective, it just didn't make sense to keep the device on the market. I'm guessing, one, Medtronic can't really compete with Abbott after it comes out that their product is less safe, and two, it's just a big liability issue. The Abbott device has risks associated with it, too, but it's significantly less risky than Medtronic's. The patients we're talking about don't really have many other options. It's either implant a device that has significant risk or potentially die. If they're choosing between the two devices, they'll probably choose the one that has less risk associated with it. Yeah, that sounds rational. But how much is this going to hurt Medtronic financially? They are one of the largest, if not the largest, medtech company in the world, and they have a huge cardiovascular division. In a nutshell, the company says, and analysts seem to agree, pulling the hardware off the market won't really have that much of an impact. Medtronic says there are 4,000 patients who already have the device implanted in them, and they will continue to provide those patients with support. The company and the FDA also caution that people who have the device implanted should not get it removed and replaced with Abbott's HeartMate 3 because the risk associated with open-heart surgery is greater than the risk of the device failing. But with all that in context, the company says the decision ultimately will have a neutral or accretive effect on their business. In other words, it won't really phase them. And analysts agree with that assessment? In short, yes. Uh, Interestingly, a week before Medtronic announced the decision, it held an earnings call with investors where it boasted about how well it's actually done during the pandemic. The company is expecting significant growth in a number of sectors, and the analysts seem to agree that despite the setback from hardware, the company is well positioned to make good profits in the next few years. 
Wells Fargo analysts, for instance, predicted that in the fiscal year 2022, hardware sales would reach $164 million, and by 2025, that would grow to $229 million. That's no chump change, even for a company as large as Medtronic. And now it seems most of that revenue will likely go to Abbott. But despite that, Medtronic is confident it'll be fine without that revenue. In their last earnings call, the company said they expect to grow 9% in 2022, and their cardiovascular business should grow about 10%. Nothing in that projection has changed despite the decision to pull hardware off the market, and the analysts seem to agree with the company that it will keep growing at an impressive rate. But to change to a different topic, Elizabeth, you wrote about the administration's recent budget proposal. Could you kind of walk us through that? Yes, I took a look at President Joe Biden's proposed budget for fiscal 2022, which came out May 28th. The budget would grant an 8% bump in FDA spending that would help the agency improve its physical and digital infrastructure. That sounds like it could help the agency quite a bit. I know they've been focusing on updating some outdated data infrastructure. Yes, that priority definitely shows in the budget, along with enhancements to public health and safety. In total, Biden and the FDA are asking Congress for total FDA funding of $6.5 billion, up $477 million from fiscal 2021. The funds include $3.6 million in federal dollars and $2.9 million in user fees. On the device side, the Center for Devices and Radiological Health would get almost $677 million, including $452 million in budget funds and $224 million in user fees. That's up $49 million from last year. Another interesting detail is that the budget request specifies that $185 million would be directed toward improving FDA infrastructure. Of that, $75 million would go to data modernization and enhanced technologies. The rest would go to improving physical buildings to fit a larger workforce, as well as bettering laboratory safety. Separately, there's also some spending carved out for strengthening the device supply chain and mitigating product shortages. But there were some steps in that area, and a few others, that the FDA can't take without Congress passing some new laws. Well, that's good to know. What kind of laws are they looking for? Well, on the supply chain side, the FDA wants Congress to pass laws improving the domestic device supply chain and reducing dependence on foreign production. The agency is also asking lawmakers to extend current provisions related to counterfeit drugs to include medical devices to help keep fake products out of the U.S., as well as facilitating enforcement actions against those that find their way into interstate commerce. The last proposed law would have the most impact on our readers, and that's one that would allow FDA regulators to request records from device makers, quote, in advance of or in lieu of inspections. Currently, that section of the FDNC Act only covers record requests related to the inspection of drug manufacturers. The language discussing that measure talks about accessing records during emergency situations. For example, COVID-19 prevented travel for a lot of the last year, and there are also various natural disasters that might make an inspection impossible. But while that may be FDA's intention, the proposed law would seem to apply at any time. The FDA budget request includes an additional $18.8 million specifically for inspections and indicates plans to perform as many as 1,400 inspections in fiscal 2022, more than 20 times the number it's been able to perform this year. So manufacturers who haven't heard much from the FDA over the last year or so might get a tap on the door from an agency investigator very soon. Yeah, and I'm sure they're looking forward to that. Wouldn't you be? But as always... We'll be keeping an eye on the ramp-up in inspections as well as the budget process as it wends its way through Congress. Since the Senate and the House both have Democratic majorities, the final budget should more or less hew to Biden administration policies, but there's always the possibility of surprise. Listeners, you can check out all of our budget, policy, and recalls coverage at MedTechInsight.com. And for all the latest MedTech policy and regulation news and analysis, you can follow us on Twitter at MedTech underscore Insight. For now, thanks for listening. 